When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Brick Lane Brewing, where lovers and makers of great beers come together. Join the community today. Switch to Kogan Mobile for $2.90 for 30 days with 20 gig of data. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Hello and welcome to Dwayne's World. Great to have your company wherever you might be listening. Dwayne's World for Kogan Mobile. Make the call. Switch to Kogan Mobile and for Brick Lane Brewing for lovers and makers of great beer. It's Midday Matters time. You call, we'll get you on. one 736 736 The open line number one 736 736 Anything in the world of sport you'd like to discuss. Then jump on the open line. The next couple of hours are yours. Simon Hill's got to talk some round ball, some international football with us a little bit later on. We'll also have a chat about some other bits and pieces that are floating around in the world of sport, including some cricket, obviously, given the ICC Men's World Cup not far away from getting underway for Australia on the weekend, at least. And there's a couple of games happening at GMHBA Stadium today, so we'll keep you in touch with what's happening down there after 2 o'clock, Sri Lanka and the UAE and Namibia and the Netherlands. But one three hundred seven three six seven three six. your call straight off the top. Send through your texts as well, 0433981116 on the 40 Winks Temper text machine, T-E-M-P-U-R, mattresses and pillows like no other. Uh, one here, well, Suzanne's already on the line, wants to talk about the Saints. I was just talking with Jared Whateley, for those who weren't with us, uh, when it comes to Ross Lyon returning as coach at St Kilda, I'm happy to go on the record and say, I think it's a good idea. I, I think it will work. Uh, I'm one who believed something needed to change at St Kilda because 10th and 10th in the last two seasons is below average. It was mediocre, and they, in my assessment, weren't going to finish higher next year. It was 10th again or worse next year. I think with Ross Lyon and this list, they can finish better than 10th within two seasons. And I think they might be more of a chance to attract recruits like Jordan Degoe and play finals again under Ross. But that's just my opinion. Brett Ratton was a good coach and a fantastic guy. But as I said days ago, I don't think he was bound to be St Kilda's next premiership coach. And I don't think he was going to be St Kilda's next finals coach next year. And yeah, I agree the decision to extend Brett Ratton's contract was uh, a major mistake by the Saints board and Simon Lethlian. And those who decided to do it, I didn't think it was a good idea at the time. I said that at the time, that they could have waited. Uh, and you could argue still about whether Simon Lethleen is the right guy for the CEO job or Andrew Bassett, the right president. But I'm happy to go on the record and say, I think if Ross Lyon gets the coach's job, um, it is a chance for St Kilda to, to move forward rather than just hover in that 10th, 11th, 12th twilight zone for the next couple of years. Your thoughts on that? one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Got a few other things that I want to get to as well, but let's get to your calls as we promised. Suzanne, welcome to you in Port McDonald. Welcome. Hey, Dwayne. How you doing? Good, thanks. That's good. 
Um, been hearing in the media, a lot of people are saying that this, that the decision was made weeks ago with um, Reliance. Are they insinuating that Andrew Bassett made Brett Ratton beg for his job for seven hours, knowing full well he had no chance whatsoever? I mean, like, who does that? Like, what kind of sadistic stuff, you know, do people do that? In what Susan, world do I'm people make people beg for their job? There's, all, there's always conspiracy theories, Susan, as to people's assessment. Oh, this was already done. This was already agreed to. But I, I'm agreeing with you, Susan. I... I take Andrew Bassett on his word as well. I take Andrew Bassett on his word that um, this is something that they've had to think about and and navigate their way through to the point that they have now spoken to Ross Lyon and didn't know that that was going to be, um, you know, a prime option when they decided to bring Brett Ratton in and ask him to tell them why he thought he needed to have the job going forward. So I think I'm with you on that. You sound like you're a Saints supporter who is okay with the change, Suzanne? <laughs> oh, I don't mind the change. I just don't like the way it's all been done. It's very yeah. messy, very ugly. You know, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. But, oh, of course, I'm excited about getting someone better, someone that can take us, you know, to the level that we can um, play at, which we've shown this year. We've beat some top teams, but just not consistent enough. We need that consistency. So it's, I think we you're, need you someone sound, better that can yeah, do you that. Sound, yeah, that's where I'm at too. I mean, you sound like a, I think a lot of state supporters are kind of hoping, um, you know, with a tinge of optimism rather than um, doubting with a tinge of pessimism. So uh, I'm with you on that, Suzanne, and I appreciate you jumping on the line and being our first call. I'm not sure what we can send up to Port McDonald, whether we can post up a Signet Boost power bank valid at 59.95. A Signet Boost power bank will keep your phone, tablet and earbuds powered 24-7, but we'll find something for you for kicking us off for Midday Madness today. Peter on the road. Welcome to you, Peter. G'day, Dwayne. How are you going? Good. Um, just a bit of a, a theory about the Saints and also the Hawks. Do you reckon the threat of Tassie coming in has forced their hand a little bit? Sorry, Tajik for Saints, St Kilda's hand, do you mean? Well, are they going to go forward or backwards as well? As, and the same with the Hawks getting rid of their experienced yeah, players. Yeah, uh, yeah, they've, yeah, They've brought it forward a bit. I agree with Hawthorne making a decision to change the direction of their club in a way that sort of goes against the grain of a lot of other clubs, but realising that that's the predicament they're in and they have to do that their way now under Sam Mitchell. He's still got a honeymoon period, Sam Mitchell, so they can afford to cut deep. He's a you know ex-champion going home. Um, they needed to do something, and I agree with you in some respects. I think Tassie coming in makes it really difficult in three years' time to go to the draft and get a heap of kids because we expect that the Tasmanian new team will get a heap of those kids in three or four years' time. So you're right. If you're going to cut deep and go to the draft and regenerate with youth then now is the time to do it. And maybe St Kilda does think that it's in a situation where if it continues to wallow in 10th, 11th, 12th, then where will that leave you in a few years' time when it is going to be more difficult to go to the draft? So maybe you're right, Peter. Maybe you're right. I think I've lost you there. I've still got you there, Peter. I appreciate your call, by the way. Uh, hold the line. I've got something for you as well um, on the road. 
heap of stuff to give away today, so I better start giving it away. We've got Brick Lane Brewing vouchers as well to give away, so you've got one of those. Brick Lane Brewing, where lovers and makers of great beers come together and join the community today. Mohammed in Newport, you there, Mohammed? Yeah, how are you, Dwayne? Yeah, good. Yeah, I'm actually working on the coffee machine. Just quickly, uh, Dwayne, you know, you know how I'm pushing Darcy Moore to be ruck? Can I just can I just say one thing to all my fellow Cornwall supporters? Because I know um, I used to work for the club. I'm pretty well known out there. Well, I mean Darcy Moore in the ruck. I mean like Cameron does the centre bounces, and Darcy Moore does goes around the ground. That means he could go in defence, go in the forward line. He'll be like an X factor. What do you reckon? So he plays like Mark Blitzarves in a way, Muhammad. Uh, he's he's not a true ruckman, but he can pinch hit Great. as a, as an around the grounds ruckman. Um, it depends on who he's against. I don't know how many times Mark Blitzars would beat a Max Gorn type of ruckman, but yeah, it's not a bad option to change um, the way you use Darcy Moore. You don't like him as a key defender? No, no, no. It's not that I like him. Now that we've got Frampton, Charlie Dean, mm. Hal, Maynard, Murphy, utilise him, make him our X Factor. You know what I mean? Like yeah, he'll, I he'll, agree back, with he'll, you. Like, he'll, he'll win a Bramlow. Yeah, that might be pushing it, but you might be right. Uh, I think he can become a, a, a big weapon for you like Mark Blitzars can or has. I think the beauty that Geelong's got is that it's had Tom Stewart. It's now got uh, Sam DeConing, and it's had great defenders in the past and a really sort of forward line. So they haven't needed to use Mark Blitzars as much as a key defender as they did you know, three or four years ago. Um, in the last couple of years. They've, they've had the opportunity to release him into the midfield more often. And Sam DeConing's year this year, I think, allowed him to be released into the midfield more than he usually has been as well. So maybe, maybe if Collingwood could find another key defender, it might release Darcy Moore. The hard part to me is you need Darcy Moore as a defender uh, more than maybe Geelong needed, needed Mark Blitzars as a defender. But I appreciate your call. Mahabha, this is the first time you've ever been on without giving your cafe a mention. Well, yeah, yeah, I know, but I'm in the process of getting one in Sunset Strip in Ocean Grove. So right. help us out. We need all that investor. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah. Ocean Grove in uh, Sunset Strip. I'm, I'm going for it. But thank you very much, Dwayne. And Good just on you, quickly, Yeah. Uh, Dwayne, just quickly, I bumped into Steve Hocking at, at London-based Barbers after the final, and I congratulated him. And he goes, if you had made it, that we would have given you the big show. So for Steve Hockey to say that, it gives me great confidence. All right, thanks for your call. Mohammed, always great to have you. Um, Mike and Sunshine, you there, Mike? Yes, Dwayne. G'day, mate. I'm glad you are well. Um, just yesterday's conversation about the five on the bench thing, yeah. um, everyone, which I agree with personally, I've heard your comments on it over the journey, and to me it sounds as though it's easy to monitor and easy to control. But everyone needs to be mindful that how often these decisions made at senior AFL level inevitably trickle their way down even to the depths of local football. And so it, um, the, the rules adopted at that level usually find their way down to that level. So people need to be mindful of that because local footy clubs might not have the resources to attend to that. And the other quick observation that I'd like to make is all the nonsense I'm hearing about, oh, if you've got six on the bench or five, you can only change out a mid for a mid or a forward mm, for a forward, yeah. which to me is absolute nonsense because 
look back in history, you'd say someone like uh, right, Gary Ablett Jr., uh, Wayne Carey, can play anywhere on the ground. So to say I'm going to swap out a mid for a mid or a forward for a forward or a back for a back, please someone define what that actually is. Is that yeah, fair I agree enough? with you 100%, Mike. Let's not complicate it. it. The reason that we might change to five on the bench rather than four and a sub is to take away some of the complication of the sub rule. So let's not make it even more complicated as to who you can and can't sub out based on what position they're playing. I'm more than happy to reduce the interchange cap to 70 if you want to, so you're not going to give a team that um, loses a player early in the game a disadvantage, but I think five on the bench rather than the complicated sub rule we've got at the moment. Something needs to be done about the sub rule. Uh, so I agree with you, Mike. Uh, sooner rather than later, if they can sort that out. Hold the line. We've got something for you. 18 holes of golf for you and a mate with a cart. Get 18 holes of golf for two and drinks and a cart midweek for just $99 at Club Mandalay, visit clubmandalay.com.au. Robert in Cheltenham, you want to talk Saints. Welcome to you, Robert. Yeah, g'day, Dwayne. Look, I'm a 45-year uh, member of the Mighty Saints, and uh, I'm actually really looking forward to uh, seeing uh, Ross at the club. I think he was a fantastic coach for us and exactly what we need now. Oh, and the flaws that he may have had during his other coaching stints at Fremantle and St Kilda, you would think he would have refined, and also having seen the modern game, you would think he'd got to have a refined, uh, more potent idea as to what's going to win games of footy, Robert. Oh, I totally agree. I think he's a really intelligent chap. He knows the game. Look, I had some of the best years ever supporting St Kilda back in 2, 9, 10, 11. We're mm. only a, couple, a bounce away from winning. Uh, Hawkins hitting the goal and uh, the goal post for a behind when it, uh, you know they gave it a goal. So uh, anyway, yeah. I think he's going to be fantastic. I'm really looking forward to it. That damn Stephen Milne bounce, Robert. Uh, thanks for your call. Um, got Hayden holes a goal for you with the card at Club Mandalay as well. Hold the line. I'll we'll let you know how to pick that up. Visit clubmandalay.com.au. Um, Stuart and Braybrook, we're coming to you. Mark on the road, we're coming to you. Joe and Hawthorne, we're coming to you. Roger and Cranbourne, we're coming to you. It's Midday Madness. Great to have your company. one 736 Dwayne's board for Kogan Mobile. Make the call. Switch to Kogan Mobile. And for Brick Lane Brewing, for lovers and makers of great beer. Brick Lane Brewing, where lovers and makers of great beers come together. Join the community today. Switch to Kogan Mobile for $2.90 for 30 days with 20 gig of data. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Right back to your calls from Indo Madness, Roger and Cram, and welcome to you, Roger. Yeah, you there? Yeah, you're on the air, Roger. Welcome to you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, I, I don't uh, have a problem with Ross Lyon if he gets appointed, but I am I am horrified the fact that an out, somebody that is sacked um, after all the other jobs have been filled and now only gets paid out a quarter of his contract for the next two years. I think it's disgraceful. And I think the AFL need to reverse that, that rule. And I think it's a Kilda. Those that appointed him for the two years and those that have then gone on and made this decision about A, paying him out a quarter, should either all reverse their... Well, not reverse the decision about putting him back into coaching, but they need to reverse their decision about the payout well, they need to step down themselves because how the hell they can take a full wage for the next two years while 
he doesn't get one, and it was their mistake that caused it. I, I just think it's shocking. Yeah, well, if you're on the AFL um, drip feed, if you like, like St Kilda have been, they've got a, an enormous debt, and there's quite a few coaches that are in clubs that are getting help from the AFL that are in that situation. If you get the sack, doesn't matter if you've got a 10-year deal. If you get the sack, you only get a six-month payout. And, Roger, it doesn't sound right. I'm agreeing with you on that. The good, the great clubs that are not in debt, that don't have AFL assistance, they do uh, have a situation where they are liable to pay their coaches out the full whack, uh, depending, of course, on whether they get a job somewhere else. And that's where we're at with the Alistair Clarkson to North Melbourne situation, whereby Alistair Clarkson was still going to get paid his full wage this year as long as he didn't end up coaching somewhere else and he got some money somewhere else, which meant that Hawthorne wasn't going to have to pay him essentially the million bucks. So I appreciate your call, Roger, and it does, I think, hurt a little knowing that Brett Ratton, given his service and was given a two-year extension, is only going to get that short of payout. Uh, Stuart and Braybrook, you want to change it up? Stuart, and talk about something completely different. Welcome to you, Stuart. Yeah, good morning, Dwayne. Uh, look, I just want to mix it up a little bit. I just want to talk a little bit about live golf. I mean, it's it's really interesting. I can't see how, given the, the nature of human beings, I can't see how the live golf tour doesn't thrive. I mean, you've got guys like Brooks Kepka and uh, Dustin uh, Johnson that have earned more money winning a three-day tournament than 95% of the golfers are going to win for their entire careers if they play in the PGA. And, and, and I've had a friend who, who played on the US Tour for a number of years and just walked away with the most massive debt because he was, you know, he would cut here, he would go there, he would do this. He ended up winning one tournament on the Malay- in Malaysia and walked away from golf because he got back to zero. So I can't see how these young guys coming out of college that are playing good golf, playing aggressive golf, I can't see how they don't look at it and go, I can probably win a career earning in a three-day tournament if I go to live. And human nature just tells me that as soon as these guys start seeing me, I think Dustin Johnson won $6.9 million last yeah. week. Yeah. Last week. I mean, there are golfers that will never earn even half of that if they play 15 years on the PGA Tour. Now, it's a huge window of opportunity for them. How long Live Golf lasts, Stuart, is a point that we can debate uh, because the money's got to come from somewhere. But at some stage, they're going to be probably making a lot of money as well. It'll be interesting when a tournament hits our shores, Stuart, how massive it might be. Uh, do you think it'll be huge? Do you think it will be one of the biggest golf tournaments? We haven't probably seen many big ones on our shores for quite a while. But do you think it might be the biggest golf tournament ever to hit these shores if they had one here I think we're expecting one to be in New South Wales in a year's time. Absolutely, and I would travel to go and see it because the opportunity to see world-class golf doesn't happen very often. I was lucky enough to be working in the kitchen at the first ever President's Cup at Royal Melbourne and just to see these guys swing a swing a club on a practice fairway. If you're into your golf, it's extraordinary. And to, see, uh, to go out there and see the Leishman and Cam Smith and Dustin Johnson and some of these guys going around, even if they're a little bit past their prime, I'd, I'd travel New South Wales to see Bryson DeChambeau smash one 400 metres down a fairway. And, and let's be honest, the PGA has done absolutely squat for Australian golf. So I think the Australian sporting-loving public, I think if they, if they played at Royal Toongabby, 
they get crowds of 100,000 go and watch a live golf tournament. I reckon you might be right, Stuart. I think it will be huge. Uh, and it's coming to a city near you in a year's time, they tell us. Uh, hey, appreciate your call. Stuart, I, look, I remember going to the President's Cup years and years ago with Tiger Woods and Greg Norman both playing there. And, and it was Royal Melbourne, obviously. And it was one of those things that you look back on now and you don't quite appreciate how big it was at the time to see the gods of those sports. So we, don't, we haven't had the gods of golf come to Australia very often. And we might be about to see a few of them hit our shores, but it will be through the live calendar, we expect. Uh, Joe in Hawthorne, you there, Joe? Yeah, how you going, Jared? Good. Hello, Jared. Yeah, yeah, Dwayne, yeah, I'm here. My question, uh, look, I just want to talk about Clarko. Um, there's some rumours floating around that, you know, he's commencing back November 1. Um, look, personally, I think that's probably a good thing. Um, and, uh, you know, look, the investigations and stuff can carry on in the background. But I suppose well, I wanted to get your view on that. And logistically, if he does come back then, like, how does that work for him? Well, to be honest, I don't know the legal ramifications. I don't know exactly what the landscape legally is right now for Alistair Clarkson to come back, uh, to go back to work, what the AFL will or won't allow him to do while the investigation is taking place. In fact, uh, we're going to get a lawyer on a little bit later on to have a chat about it, I think. So um, we'll get one of our key lawyers from Arnold Thomas and Becker, who are a sponsor of this program, and I'll ask him that exact question, exactly where it's at and, uh, you know, what the legal parameters of it are, because there are obviously legal issues Involved. A couple of uh, texts that have come through. Keep your texts coming through, by the way. Um, hi, Dwayne. Has the Tasmanian team been confirmed to join the AFL? Thanks from Matt. No, it hasn't been confirmed to join the AFL. I'm just presuming, and I probably shouldn't presume, but I think we're a lot of us are presuming, hoping, optimistic that maybe they'll get the nod with a new stadium to come in in 2027, 2028. Uh, one here on the text also. I'm also a 60-plus year member supporter but no longer if Ross Lyon takes over. Cancellation of membership. Um, Marie, our club, is in a huge mess. Uh, no results to members, no review, not good enough. But there's another one here on the text. Ah, there it is. There is always people that have been a member for 30-plus years with a family of four that are threatening to rip up their membership if such and such happens. Give me a spell, you people. And I reckon St Kilda supporters, if Ross Lyon comes and you win three of your first four games next year, I reckon you're going back to the footy. That's the way. I, even if you say, I'm not going back, if you win three of your first four games next year and things are looking up, I reckon you're going back to the footy because that's, that tends to be what happens with fans of footy clubs. You just, sometimes you just love your footy club too much. Take a break. Back to your calls. More Midday Matters next. Come on, text have come through. On Stewart's call on the Live Golf, Stewart's 100% correct. Unless there's a President's Cup, we don't get world-class players. And if we do, we have to pay millions in appearance fees. Live will give us Australian golf fans what they want and our world-class courses will finally get some airtime. That's from Matt. But another one here, wouldn't go to a Live tournament if you paid me. Absolute Mickey Mouse events. More interest in small fry Aussie events and European Tour. That's from Hugh. Thanks for that. John in Nunawati, you got a thought on the Live Golf. Welcome to you, John. Yeah. G'day, buddy. Um, 
saw the live tour on uh, YouTube the other night for the first time. The golf was exceptionally good. The coverage was exceptionally good. Uh, and I will be watching it in preference to the PGA. I would have been very interested on the standard I, see, I saw to have seen how the US American President's Cup team would have gone against the best 12 from the live. I've got a feeling I know the result, and that's why they wouldn't dare play the live players. You reckon that's a tournament we'll see in the future, John? Live versus PGA? I would love it. It would shut <laughs> a few people up and it would put them back to where it should be. This is their profession. They shouldn't have restraints of trade on their profession. They should be allowed to play golf wherever they like in the world and not just four tournaments with the permission from the, the gods to go out there and have a hit. John, I appreciate you, Cole. Hold on, we've got a Signet Boost Power Bank for you, valid at 59.95. A Signet Boost Power Bank will keep your phone, tablet, and earbuds powered 24 7. Dan in Queensland, you got a thought on Ross Lyon. Welcome to you, Dan. Oh, yes. Hello, uh, Dwayne. Uh, how you doing, mate? Good. That's the way. Look, I uh, just want to have a chat about Ross Lyon. Look, I've heard a lot of St Kilda supporters over the last few days saying things like they wouldn't continue their support of the club and so forth. And um, look, I'm on the other side of the fence. I, I, I haven't seen anything in the last 10 years from like what I'd call softly spoken coaches who have um, who have come along. I haven't seen a lot of real uh, signature sort of or trademark style of play between these coaches. And most of all, I haven't seen anyone who's been able to adapt mid-game. Um, and I guess I'm speaking about Richardson and Ratton here. Um, Ratton in particular last year, all we saw in the last six months was the ball coming out of defence. They're kicking 12-metre kick, 12-metre kick, and the, the opposition were just pulling us apart. Every coach was just mauling us in defense, uh, as we came out of defence. And I think Ross Lyon, at the very minimum, will make the players accountable. Um, I think he will bring a real hard edge to the club. And, uh, yeah, I, I fully support the move. I think uh, he'll be fantastic. Um, so I think Max King in particular will be a, a tougher um, player um, under, under Ross. So... Anyway, that's just my take. No, I appreciate your call. Look, it is interesting. The recent premiership coaches, when you do look at them, um, maybe it's too small a sample size, but uh, Luke Beveridge is a little bit edgy. Uh, Damien Harwick gets a little bit angry. Chris Scott is very opinionated. Um, so, yeah, in terms of softly spoken, um, you know, maybe a coach that thumps the desk occasionally um, is still uh, a coach that can get a result um, maybe players do still respond a little bit to that, even though we know we're in a new age environment where you can't thump the desk every week. Hey, need to take a break. Back to your calls. John in Ballarat. Uh, Nick, I know you're on the line as well. one 736 the open line. Brought to us by Werribee Kia. Werribee Kia awarded the prestigious National Kia Car Dealer of the Year Award. Werribee Kia, where else? Brick Lane Brewing, where lovers and makers of great beers come together. Join the community today. Switch to Kogan Mobile for $2.90 for 30 days with 20 gig of data. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Right back to your calls from Indave Man. It's got a full board, so I want to get to as many of your calls as possible. one 736 the open line number. Greg in Rockhampton. Welcome to you, Greg. Hey, good morning, good morning. 
Hey, just a, uh, a comment on Ross Lyon. Now, I'm a Bomber supporter, uh, but uh, what I see with Ross Lyon is he always brings an uptick. He always brings a uh, he brings a bit of impetus when he joins a club. We saw it happen with Fremantle, and it was obvious what he did with St Kilda. And the bounce of the ball cost him a grand final. I mean, let's be frank. And uh, I, I think it's the right the right move right now for St Kilda. I know that there's St Kilda members that are upset about the fact that he's coming back. But look, if they're really serious about their their club going forward, I think Ross Lyon, the hard nosed Ross Lyon, the disciplinarian, this is what that club needs. And I think that. Uh, uh, those players don't need a best friend. Those players need a coach that they will follow, and Lyon will bring that. So for all you St Kilda supporters, and I admire the St uh, Kilda Football Club, um, keep your powder dry, wait and see what happens, because I think that he will bring an uptick, uh, just like he did at Fremantle when he went to Fremantle. And just on a, on, a, on a side note, as a Mad Bomber supporter, I want to say that Essendon got a C-plus for, for, for the trade, and that's a right assessment. But I give Adrian Dodoro a B-plus. Uh, under those circumstances and what he was able to achieve for the club. And I'm not always a supporter of him, but I'm going to give him a tick for that one because I think he, he did very, very well for the club. They're my thoughts. Hey, great to have your call up there in Rockhampton. Are you a Rockhampton resident, Greg? Are you a regular listener to the show? I, 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 look, I, there's a whole heap. Rockhampton's a real AFL little hub. Um, uh, it's got a, a strong little league up here, uh, men's, women's, juniors. And uh, so many of us hard-nosed AFL supporters have SEM. And, and uh, that's from coaches to people who are involved with the football clubs. Uh, you'd be surprised at your viewing audience that's up here. And a few of my mates, I hear them on your show as well, coming out of Rocky. So Rocky is a little AFL hub, and uh, we're winning territory, uh, particularly with women. We're winning territory from uh, Rugby League, and it's, it's really good to see the coverage that local media now gives Australian Rules Football. So uh, kudos to uh, the expansion uh, and the support of the country game in Queensland. Great to have you called, Greg. Had a lot of callers from different parts of Australia in the last month or so, uh, Rockhampton included, but especially some of the other northern parts of Queensland. And it is always great. I mean, the beauty, the luxury for me, uh, how enjoyable it is to have a national show. So I really appreciate the fact that you've taken the time to give us a call, Greg, and have a chat about the sport you love. John in Ballarat, you got a thought on the Live Tour. Welcome to you, John. Hi, what, Dwayne, how are you? Yeah, good. I just wanted to have a quick uh, quick comment on the uh, on the Live Tour. Whilst I don't disagree with the caller or a couple of callers back with a lot of the comments he made, especially regarding the PGA and their support of the rest of the world golf, we forget very quickly where the money's coming from. Uh, having worked there for a little while, you know, we, we forget that, like the journalist Khashoggi, goes, the murder of him goes all the way up to, to the Crown Prince. Uh, women still go and let a drive there. Yet we, we take all these hundreds of millions of dollars because it's our sport. I mean, surely we've got to draw the line somewhere morally. Yeah, and that's the issue that everybody's going to face when it comes to town. Do you go? Will you support it or will you not support it because you don't believe uh, you want to support it? So... Uh, and it's the same with what you get on the TV, and it's the same with playing it. All the players have to make that decision. I uh, appreciate your call, John. We'll take a break. You're with Dwaynesford. Great to have your company wherever you're listening around the land. Dwaynesford for Kogan Mobile. Make the call. Switch to Kogan Mobile. And for Brick Lane Brewing, for lovers and makers of great beer. Brick Lane Brewing, where lovers and makers of great beers come together. Join the community today. Switch to Kogan Mobile for $2.90 for 30 days with 20 gig of data. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. 
Boys Radio Abbey Company for Dwayne's Well, still plenty to come a little bit later on the program. Simon Hill is going to join us to talk world football. Looking forward to having a chat to Simon Hill. Uh, David Aquera is also going to join us from Melbourne United to talk some NBL, some basketball. Interestingly enough, and we'll open the lines on this as well if you've got a thought, we've talked about AFL player salaries before. Should they be public? We've chatted about that. Well, NBA legend Derek Rucker, who was the NBL MVP in 1990, has raised an interesting point about player salaries that may or may not ring true with all sport, including the AFL. It's in a Matt Logue column today. If we knew player salaries, he believes that fans and commentators would have a more realistic level of expectation and a more appropriate level of criticism of individuals. His quote is, if I'm ripping some guy and he's only on 55000 then maybe he did a better job and the criticism the player received wasn't worthy. one 300 has he got a point? Should the level of scrutiny you get be tied to the salary you're getting, a part of the, the percentage of the salary cap that you're getting, or does money not factor into it and a bad performance is still a bad performance? It would put some heat on some guys in the AFL earning close to a million dollars a year who are under-delivering. But whether we want that kind of level of accountability is the big question. If you're paying, uh, and Joe Danner is probably a bad example, but if you're paying a guy like Joe Danner her 700-odd thousand, and he kicks you one goal five and misses from 25 metres out. Should he get more criticism than a kid who's on 100,000 in his first season? So your thoughts on that? one 300 Rucker also suggesting that the salary caps of clubs in general should be known in the NBL. So we know which club is underperforming given how much they're paying. And it's also a point in the AFL where some teams pay you know 95% of the cap and others pay... 105% of the cap, and some football departments spend more. You do expect more from a coach on a million a year than a coach on half a million a year, but we don't know what the coaches are on, obviously. Uh, Dean and Elwood, you got a thought on this from Derek Rucker uh, in this Matt Lowe column. Welcome to you, Dean. Um, g'day, Dwayne. How are you? Yeah, good, thanks. Yeah, Dwayne, look, I, um, I, I don't know. I just... Uh, I thought about it and used to think, yeah, it'd be great to know. But I look, my, one of my best friends, her son plays AFL, and it's been eye-opening. He's been in the system six years. Good player. Won't mention who it is, but she she really feels the social media and the pressure. And I just think something like this would ramp it up. And I know what would happen if someone's on 500 and someone else is on 300. Like there's enough happening on them at the moment. And yeah, you know they they get well remunerated, but isn't it a societal thing? I don't ask you what you earn. You don't really ask me what I earn. It's always, I've always been brought up with that. Has that changed or is that not? Or are they just like, is it open slather on athletes? I'm not sure, Dwayne. Well, Dean, that's the exact question I asked myself. So in, in, in asking myself this question, if we knew player salaries, fans and commentators, would we have a more realistic level of expectation and a more appropriate level of criticism of individuals, it might be the opposite. It might mean that we say, well, Mark, blimey, he's on 700,000, that guy. He's got to be... So the criticism will actually be more intense. The scrutiny will be more intense because we'll actually factor the money into it. He's getting X percent of our salary cap and he's not even performing on a week-to-week basis. So you're right, Dean. It might actually accentuate how nasty it is. And boys, that nasty... Right now, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Couple of texts. Uh, Ross Lyon is 
a pivotal decision. He will get the most out of our much-discussed list. I still... Uh, I just lost that, lost that text. Um, I still um, think we are without discipline, without the ball. It'll grow the potential of Gresham, Clark and King and will grow Steele's leadership, the right leader for the right time. So there is one that's in favour of Ross coming back. Uh, would Ross, the boss, get his mate Lloydy down to have a chat with Max King? Scott from Sunbury? Well, he may. That's the other issue. Would you be... Uh, would they be happy to bring in guys from the outside, especially given how close they've worked together, Ross Lyon and Matthew Lloyd? Uh, yesterday afternoon, one of your callers, Dwayne, named Rumour Ray, I think it was Rumour Ron, from Port Melbourne, said very confidently, predicted that Adam Uzo would be named St Kilda's new coach on Thursday and that Mark Williams would be going along with him. Um, I like the way you suspended your disbelief. Little chance of anyone but Ross Lyon being the Saints coach now. Glenn in Heighton. Well, he didn't actually name, rumour on didn't actually name Adam Uze. I just kind of extracted it from him in the end, and I was probably the guy who named Adam Uze as the guy uh, that hadn't coached an AFL team before, and I probably extracted the name Mark Williams. So um, there's probably as much of the onus on me as to on him. Uh, Jamie in Lethbridge, welcome to you, Jamie. How you going, mate? I was just, uh, yeah, Jake Archie that Richmond delisted. I didn't think he was a bad player. I know it's just your thoughts. And um, he wouldn't have been on much money. And thought only made that one mistake and we never heard from him again. He's been a great servant at Richmond for a number of years, Jamie, as well. So he is the kind of guy that you would think would get an opportunity elsewhere, wouldn't he? I would have thought so. But, um, yeah, I don't know why we would have delisted him. But I'm not in the uh, in the know, so to speak. So. Yeah, you're a bit of a fan? So, yeah. He- yeah, yeah, obviously a lifetime member, but, um, yeah, I just um, don't know why we would have got rid of him and he wouldn't have been on much money, as you say. And uh, he seemed to be a good servant. Yeah, I appreciate your call. Beautiful part of the world down there in Lethbridge, Jamie. Yeah, mate, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> good to have you. Uh, Nick in Hoppers Crossing, you there, Nick? Oh, how are you going, Dwayne? How are you going? Good? Yeah, good, yeah, good. Sorry for asking you to hold for half an hour. That's fine, that's fine, that's not a problem. I've called you many times, that's fine, that's not a problem. Don't hold against anybody. What I wanted to say about um, Ross Lyon, um, Ross Lyon, um, I don't really agree with it, but it's, I think it's a kill the flavour. There's a little bit of anger of what happened last time because of the way he left and the way it was done this time. I'm not going to get into politics. You'll have Nick Rurold and all this to kill the band coming back. And also that Max King, he'll be getting someone to help him with the kicking, I think, with the goal kicker from Lloyd. So that's a positive for them. See what happens. But my main reason why I call, I reckon it's a fantastic idea, the five interchange. No no subs, it's a five interchange. It can be utilised, can work. Fish Melbourne, the two Ruckman. One can have, have a 10-minute rest on, on the bench instead of going down the forward line for a rest and do it that way. And anybody that uses it for, for that advantage, that utilises it, it doesn't matter if it's a Ruckman or, or whatever, it doesn't matter. You use it the way it has to be used. And I agree with KB years ago, they should bring it back to 1920, but that, that won't happen. That's, that's, that's in the dreams. So I'll yeah, that, a positive uh, five in the chain. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. Now, I appreciate your call, Nick. Uh, we won't be putting that genie back in the bottle, uh, that one. That's, uh, that's well and truly out there, interchange in general. Hey, Vito and Coolaroo, great to have you on the line. I know that, um, it, it's a delight to have so many people calling from around Australia. I will get to you after the news, if you don't mind holding. I only got a matter of seconds now, so I don't want to squeeze you up to the news and not give you a chance to have a fair say. So hold the line. We'll get to you after the break. 
Uh, Dwayne, all the good coaches are campaigners that have a hard edge. That's from Lewis as well. Uh, Greg from Rocky was a great call, Dwayne. The perception is that the AFL doesn't exist in the townships between Brisbane and Cairns. The Australian game is gaining traction in rugby league heartland, particularly with females. It's pleasing to hear. Cheers, Julio from Mermaid Waters. Great to have your calls and your texts. Great back to you after this. Brick Lane Brewing, where lovers and makers of great beers come together. Join the community today. Switch to Koga Mobile for $2.90 for 30 days with 20 gig of data. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Always great to have your company for Dwayne's World. Another big hour still to come. Vito and Coolaroo has been holding for a while. There's a heap of text I wanted to get to as well. And Melbourne United's David Aquera, also not far away. Simon Hill. Not far away. Vito, thanks for holding. Welcome to you. G'day, Dwayne. How you going, mate? Yeah, good. You there? Yeah. Yeah, you're on the air. Um, yeah, I just wanted to uh, ask you about the Luke, Luke Jackson trade to Fremantle. Um, he, met, he met up with him during the year, um, during the, the mid-season bye. Mm. And look, me and my brother, we go to every game, right? And he was telling me since then, not knowing that he did meet up with him, and that was he wanted to move there. That he would checked out. What, what do you think about that? Well, I don't think he did, Vito. But there might be, you know, one percent or something within a a player's psyche that uh, that a, the psychologist can tell us is there. But I I don't think he checked out. I thought he gave his heart and soul, Vito. And I think there is a number of players from various sports who kind of know they're not going to be playing for that team the next year that still do give their heart and soul. So I'm prepared to uh, cut Luke Jackson some slack. But the trouble is, it is fairly easy to look back now and say, well, gee, he didn't play that well in round X. Um, but maybe he just wasn't going to play well in round X, whether he signed a new five-year deal with Melbourne or uh, hedged his best as to whether he was going home. not sure how it would have affected the group as well. Yeah. The camaraderie in the group, knowing a player doesn't want to be there, and he's, he's, he's sticking around just to see it out, I guess. I don't know. I, just, yeah. I, I believed in Jackson, and I, I went against my brother, who he, he for sure, he thought he checked out, and that he yeah. didn't want to be there, and that reflected on his performances, which, yeah, sort of altered our final series a, a little bit. But anyway, that's, that's all I wanted, mate. No, I appreciate you, Carl. And I think that is the... We, we can all read into it what we see in it. But from what I saw of Luke Jackson, he gave it everything he's got. Now, there might be other players even that, um, you know, don't know if they're going to leave um, or don't know if they're going to retire, don't know if the club's going to tell them they're going to have to retire. So everyone has that mental hurdle, different mental hurdles. It's just that um, Luke Jackson had the stay or go mental hurdle. But most people have got mental hurdles to get through when it comes to playing sport. David Aquera has been good enough to join us. Head back to your calls very shortly on that open line. Brought to us by Werribee here. So jump on the line, 1-300-736-736 is the open line number. Uh, David, welcome to the program firstly. Great to have you on. Thanks for coming back on. Hey, way, thanks for having me. You're in a, you've hit a bit of a speed hump and the jack jumpers uh, were a fairly big speed hump for you. Talk us through where you guys think you're at. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously it was a tough game. Um, we played Perth a couple of days before in Perth and we all know that's a tough game. Um, but I think some of the boys were just uh, a little gassed from that trip. But the the jack jumpers came out great. I mean, 
they came out strong and I think we were we were chasing them the whole game. So um, props to them for playing great. Um, I think we still got a long way to go. It's still early in the season and we know we have a long way to go, which is great and exciting. So all good. And is that the message that you've got from Dean Vickerman? It's it's a marathon, so let's not just be too worried about a couple of little hiccups we have here because we can rectify this, we can get things right, we're still learning on the run. In fact, your roster is still evolving as well, so it might evolve to the fact that you find out what flaws, what holes you've got, and you fill them in the coming weeks too. I mean, yeah, we all know that still early, um, early on in the season that we have a lot to improve on. Um, that are easy areas that we can fix. I mean, just simple errors in the offense that we can fix, working on defense. Um, and I think it's easy to fix. We just got to stick with the process and we'll be fine. So you got held to 64 points, which is very ununited like on your home floor. Yeah, right. Uh, like I said, it was tough. I mean, they did a great job playing defense. Um, we obviously struggled to knock shots down, and I think um, their defense really uh, contributed to that. So props to them again. So you've got a big one Thursday night then. You've got Cairns Thursday night at home. So you get a quick chance to turn it around? Yeah. Um, quick turnaround. Obviously got Cairns at home Thursday. Um, in front of the home crowd, which is going to be great. Um, props to the the home the home crowd; they've been great the whole season. Um, hopefully, we can have another great crowd on Thursday to uh, get the win for us. And what did you make of the Jesse Wagstaff suspension? Were you a bit surprised by that as well? Were you surprised with the impact that it had at the moment? And were you surprised by the end result for Jesse? I mean, well, I think all of us are just uh, sad to the loss of Lockie. Obviously, he got a concussion, and everyone on the team is uh, vital to us. Everyone has a vital role to the team. So losing him was a big was a big loss. Obviously, he's been playing great as well. So, I think the boys more just feel for him, and hopefully, he he comes back uh, sooner than later. And are you going to? Do you know there's going to be any roster changes coming up? Do you think you need a little bit of help because losing Ariel Hakporta has changed a few things for you? Yeah, obviously losing Aries is a big difference. Um, but I think everyone on the team is just focused on winning. Um, I mean, like you saw last game, like we, we got a lot of areas to fix. So I think everyone on the team is just focused on getting better as a group and um, winning more games. Well, let's hope you do Thursday night. I'm looking forward to going Thursday night as well. You can watch every NBL game live on ESPN and via KO and Foxtel or via 10 Peach and 10 Play every Sunday from 2 to 6 p.m. But Thursday night, back at John Kane Arena against the Cairns Taipans, who, in fact, they're not playing too bad at basketball at the moment. I think I've lost you, David. Yeah, they're, Sorry, they're going okay. Yeah, they're going okay, Cairns. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah they're, not, they're not too bad. I mean, I haven't really paid much attention to them. Um, I've been more focused on us, but, yeah, I've seen they've been doing not too bad. Um, 
um, yeah, we'll see how it goes on Thursday. Yeah, let's hope you go well. Uh, great to have you, and good to have a chat to you. Melbourne, Cairns, I think it's a 7.30 tip-off on Thursday night at John Kane Arena, and there are still tickets available if you want to get down there. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. the open line number. Uh, we do have some tickets to give away as well. You can enjoy a night out at the basketball and witness the best live sporting entertainment in the country, and we'll tell you how you can do that uh, very shortly. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Stephen Ormond, as we head back to your calls, welcome to you, Steve. G'day, how's it going? Good. That's good. Look, I, I felt compelled to call. Uh, I'm not a Melbourne supporter. I've got to put that out there. But uh, listening to your conversation with the previous caller concerning um, uh, Jackson and his move and how, you know, he checked out. But I think the elephant in the room that people are sort of uh, brushing away is the, the disharmony, I think, that was there in the playing group with the, the Stephen May Melksham um, shenanigans at the restaurant. Yeah. Um, that was, in my opinion, maybe not so humbly, uh, that was the, the catalyst for why Melbourne's year went off the rails. Um, there's no way known you can say that they're a, a united, cohesive lot when they're um, getting themselves uh, three parts pie-eyed and uh, getting into a fight in a public restaurant. That's, that's all sorts of wrong. And I think people need to accept that, and, and the club needs to accept that too. So that's, yeah, Steve... that's my... And yet they still had a chance to they still had a chance in the finals to to win another one, didn't they? It was there for them. They got their season back on track yep. fairly quickly after the blue at the restaurant. Yeah, I, yeah, but the damage was done. I mean, you, you start having that that question and that doubt. I mean, as to whether you can trust the bloke. And um, I think it's okay to say all the platitudes you want that oh no, we're all a cohesive unit and we're all in the paddle and the dinghy in the same direction, but. When you have um, public uh, displays of um, animosity mm. and um, that it doesn't matter what you do to try and get your season back on track, I, I just think, to me, they lost games that they shouldn't have lost to give themselves a better opportunity to go deeper into the finals. And I, I think that's what killed them in the end. I mean, I, I stand corrected, but that's mm. just my five cents on the piece, mate. Yeah, they're still in the running again, especially with Grundy. Now as part of their unit, so we'll see if they resurrected this year. Hey, great to have you call, Steve. Really appreciate you jumping on the line. A couple of texts that have come through. Uh, one on Derek Rucker talking about the fact, well, his quote is, if I'm ripping some guy and he's only on 55000 then maybe he did a better job and the criticism the player received wasn't worthy. Uh, d- does the money a guy earns, should it factor in when you're criti- critiquing the way he's going about it, one here, knowing what money someone is on is irrelevant when it comes to commentating. The commentators can't judge someone based on skill. More skillful, get more money, then they shouldn't be commentating. Another one here, hey, Dwayne, with the salaries being made public, it will put more pressure on the owners and CEOs and managers to use the cap properly, more accountability. And Derek Rucker is kind of saying the same thing in that article as well. Uh, If we knew the salary cap and how much was being paid, by the NBL teams and to their coaches as well, then uh, it, it would add to the accountability factor because some coaches do earn a hell of a lot more than others, not just in the NBL sphere, but in the AFL sphere as well. Uh, Dwayne, don't need to know exact amounts, but perhaps list players in groups such as less than 300,000, 307 to 750 and 750+. Uh, another one here from Ben. We know the salaries of the PM and every other political office holder in the country, and we know the salaries of every office holder in every public company 
it's all there for everyone to see, so why not AFL players? According to Ben, Kane has been pushing this agenda about player salaries being public for years. I totally agree with him that they should. Cam from Churnside Park. Uh, Dwayne, can you please explain how a club can pay 105% of a salary cap? Well, I know that under rules that were around a year or two ago, and I think they're still valid now, if you pay under the salary cap uh, in one year, a percentage of 1% or 2% under the salary cap in one year, you can pay uh, 1% or 2% above the salary cap the next year to even that out year on year. So that's the, my understanding of it, if you've got salary cap room. Um, that might be incorrect, so text me if I'm wrong with that one, but that's the way it was. Uh, public knowledge of wages doesn't seem to affect overseas players in other sports. Uh, Dwayne, how much do you earn? Just so we can judge your performance. Ian, uh, well, I should be doing better than I am. Um, put it that way. We'll take a break. You're with Dwayne's World. Brick Lane Brewing, where lovers and makers of great beers come together. Join the community today. Switch to Kogan Mobile for $2.90 for 30 days with 20 gig of data. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Grab any calls and your text. Paul and Coburn, welcome to you, Paul. Hi, Dwayne. Just want to get your opinion regarding assistant coaches. I think we'll learn over the last few years, uh, people like Ratton, Teague, Bolton, um, Robert Harvey are great assistant coaches, but maybe the hardest task for the AFL clubs is to distinguish if they're going to be good senior coaches. But you, you can make a career out of being an assistant coach, I think. You can. I think there is something to be said about being a great number two, Paul. And, you know, I look at yeah. a guy like uh, Dean Cox, for example, alongside John Longmire. I think John Longmire needs Dean Cox. I think John Longmire in some ways, you know, needs Don Pike. And they are a powerhouse. Sydney didn't win the flag, obviously. But it's a critical role of being a great number two. I think Mark Williams as well. He's not number two at Melbourne. But, I mean, being a really good number three or four. So I agree with you on that, Paul. Some of these guys, we don't really know their true value. And it's a little bit different to ask them to, to step up and, and, and be the main guy as coach because it's a completely different parameter. I mean, you know, in some ways, uh, as, as much as it's not about me, you can equate it to when Gary Ablett retired halfway through my time at Geelong. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he wanted to be part of Bible studies. And for those who don't know the story, uh, he gave up football because that was his calling. And it was in the middle of, you know, my career at Geelong as well. And, you know, guys like Barry Stoneham, uh, Billy Brownus, Bruce Linder, etc. But Gavin Exel and I essentially were, were thrust to full forward. I mean, we were the full forward in replacement of Gary Ablett. Now, it was a lot easier to kick some goals and be a really good forward line player with Gary Ablett in that forward line. Hell of a lot harder to be the main guy trying to kick five every week when he says that he's not playing. And that's a little bit like it is... For a lot of people in a lot of industries, um, sometimes just being a really good number two or a three is your sweet spot. So, um, you know, it's a, which assistant coaches have we looked back at, Paul, and thought, wow, they should have got a job a lot earlier than this. Craig McRae might have just done the right apprenticeship to the point that he was ready. Three years ago, two years ago, he might not have been ready, Paul. Yeah, I agree 100%, uh, Dwayne. But you just made a good point. Don't underestimate the value of a good assistant. That's what I'm saying. But yeah. in regards to the guys who yeah. gave the senior job a go, I mean, 
They just didn't probably didn't quite have it, but it's just great value around the club. Yeah, there are guys like that as well. I agree with that. I mean, great club people are hard to find, prepared to do the hard yards and be good um, conduits between players. I mean, sometimes, you know, you can get players together. I mean, Andrew Buse was an interesting captain for me at Geelong as well. He would quite often just ring out of the blue on a Wednesday um, for no reason, just for a chat. And you know, I quizzed him on it down the track. How come he used to do that quite often? But he'd ring everybody over the course of the week, just about. I mean, he, he got around to everybody as a captain because he was just one of those guys who I think was a, a good connector. And he'd find out if you had an issue, he'd know about it. He'd know who to talk to about it. He'd be, be able to say, well, player X, not too happy the way we played him positionally last week. You know, we'll, we'll get that addressed and try and sort that out for him. And you need people like that, I think, rather than just let the, the air go. Um, try, and, try and understand what's happening and and fix small problems before they become big ones. Steve in Port Arlington, you there, Steve? Hey, guys. Um, you just went quiet on me. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, got you down there in Port Arlington. Sun shining down there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's half and half. It's sort of no clouds, but it's fairly sort of grey, but not too bad. Um, I wanted to call in and, and just discuss what you were touching on then, but I think a lot, a lot of... The coach's luck, so to speak, has to do with the culture, and and I think you'll find that you know uh, coaches will pick their teams these days. They won't just go around them, um, depending on the culture of that team. So uh, I don't think win loss is as big a factor as, as people think. I think it's more about the culture of the club. Um, I think Carlton's more attractive to. A lot of people now, because the culture is a lot better, rather than you know just the fact that we're winning some games. Um, and, yeah, and I think uh, that's what Craig McRae in area. Yeah. I agree with you, Steve. In, in a way, I, but the the Collingwood, well, the culture we can argue about whether Collingwood had a good culture, but they were rocky when Craig McRae took over, and a completely different circumstance too. And this is why Chris Scott's had a lot of criticism. Because he came to Geelong when Geelong was in still pretty good shape. Had a good list, had a great culture, still had people like um, Brian Cook and Frank Costa at the helm. So culture-wise, stability-wise, they were still pretty good. So he did come into uh, a, a stable foundation for him to go about his craft. And I agree with you that on that, Steve. Sometimes the culture is a key, and it, it doesn't really... Sometimes it doesn't matter as much, I agree with you on that, as to whether your coach is an absolute guru. The environment is such that it does enhance a person's opportunity to, to play great football. And I think there's been a number of coaches that have said this over time, that players make great coaches. There is a bit of that as well. Um, hold the line, Steve, down there in Port Arlington. We've got something for you. You've got a World Supercross double pass. You can witness Supercross history at the WSX Australian Grand Prix, October 21-22 at Marvel Stadium. Hold the line and we'll let you know how you can pick that up. A couple of texts that have come through. Uh, what a load of crap. Melbourne made the prelim and collapsed after half time. Yeah, I, I think that they got over the blue at Entrecot and got their stuff sorted out, Melbourne. I don't think that it was that that cost them. Another one here. Uh, Dwayne, I disagree that the Demons got their season back on track. They lost more games than they won after the restaurant fiasco. That's from J-Dog. Uh, one here. Hey, Dwayne, what are your thoughts on Cummins 
being the one-day captain, does he have too much on his plate? Surely we don't want to put too much on our best player. That's from Brad. I think it's a good move. I think that was the right move. When you think about the Dave Warner situation, uh, I think it was the right move for Pat Cummings to captain the one-day team. Yeah, he's become a very powerful captain, but he seems like he's able to control it and he's able to still get the best out of himself. And he seems like the guy that the players want at the helm. So it's smooth sailing at the moment. Now, there might come a breaking strain where he's got too much on his plate, but I don't think we're at that this point right now. He did speak to Gerard Waitley earlier on, and here's what he had to say, Pat Cummins, about any hesitation about taking the role. Oh, I would have, you know, 12 months ago. I think it's yeah, been a bit of a journey, and, um, yeah, it's probably a slightly different style. You know, we got 12 months out from a, a World Cup. I think it's 14 ODI games, and, yeah, speaking to the selectors, and um, I'm sure we'll manage through those games to get to the World Cup. Um, yeah, it was a no-brainer. He also talked about what uh, excites him about the role because the multiple captaincies sits pretty well with him. Here's Pat Cummins on that. Well, I think the World Cup, you know, just around the corner. Um, you know, those big tournaments leave significant... Um, yeah, they're significant parts of anyone's career and, um, yeah, I've been part of two of them. So I think building towards any campaign is really exciting. And um, I think as well, you know, looking around the team, we've got some some um, significant leaders around there that uh, I can uh, certainly bounce off. He also talked about the fact, well, he might not play every one day. So the captaincy still might get shared a little. Here's Pat Cummins on the captaincy sharing. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, so we, we've got a... Group, we'll, we'll probably talk about it, um, you know, closer to the various series. But, you know, pr- probably three, four, five different players that can step up at any one time uh, when I'm not there. And, um, yeah, I'm, you know, big in collaboration. So I think in cricket, it's always been that if someone's the captain, they're the captain full-time and it's all-encompassing. I think we're, you know, moving slightly away from that. And he did address the Dave Warner captaincy situation and whether he could be vice-captain. His Pat Cummins on that. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, that's not a, a possibility at the moment. Um, you know, we're really happy with the other leaders in the team. Um, you know, they, they can be in a bit more of a title role. Um, yeah, I'd you know welcome any change to the, the current situation with David and, and maybe down the track. Um, yeah, certainly us players and and staff around kind of internally would would have no qualms with him stepping up if needed. More of Pat Cummins with Jared Wadley earlier today. Uh, one here from Paul as well, by the way, giving me a whack. Uh, yes, Russell, how much do you earn? You've read out six out of over 200 texts of mine. So on performance, you should get the big A. Not up to it, buddy. And read out more texts. Thanks for that, Paul. We'll take a break. More after this. All right, I better start reading out more texts, obviously. Uh, one here, Richmond has lost a lot of midfield talent. They may struggle next year. I don't agree with that. I think Richmond are going to go okay. They've they haven't, they've lost some midfield talent, but they brought in Taranto and Hopper. So, uh, yeah, I think they're going to go okay. Um, the AFL, this is another text, AFL are childish with this checkout rubbish. NRL does it all the time, and these players usually have their best years. AFL needs to grow up, and it's easy to look back on games now and say, oh, well, was he 100% in that? Was he 100% not? Um, I think in... in Looking back like that, it's a bit unfair. I think he gave it his all. And I think we are in a realm now where we understand it more in the AFL spectrum. We've always known it's there in the NRL. But in the AFL, we're starting to get used to it. And maybe it's going to take a bit more time. 
And one here, hoping this sport channel mentions the massive UFC on the weekend. That's from Davo. Well, Davo, it's Midday Madness. You call, we talk about whatever you want to talk about. So give us a call sometime. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. You can do it in Lost in the Wash in the next hour, if you like. All the stuff that we should have got to but didn't get to, that's the opportunity for you to give us a call and discuss some of the stuff you'd like to discuss. Simon Hill is going to discuss some world football straight after this break. Brick Lane Brewing, where lovers and makers of great beers come together. Join the community today. Switch to Kogan Mobile for $2.90 for 30 days with 20 gig of data. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. The voice of world football in this country, Simon Hills, go to join us in a matter of seconds. He's the host of the Global Game. And you can check that out on, if you can't check it out live, you can check it out on the SEN podcast site as well. And you can watch every Isuzu Ute A-League match live on Paramount+. Plus. So plenty in the world of world football to talk about. Watch every Isuzu Ute A-League match live on Paramount+. Plus. So Simon jumps on the line. Great to have you, Simon. Good to have you back. How are you, Dwayne? You good? I am excellent. And I'm just wondering whether or not you've got a a snapshot, it's only a small sample size, but how's the A-League season shaping up for you? Uh, it's been a pretty good start, I think. Um, obviously, we've had some big games. We had the Big Blue in round one, which uh, attracted a crowd, and uh, we had a very good game there. Similar at Victory Wanderers on Saturday night. Uh, good intensity to the game. Um, but, you know, we're only a couple of rounds in, um, so we're easing into the season, but... Uh, it's just nice to have it back because we have the longest off-season in world football and uh, it becomes a bit of a drag. Can you give me an early overreaction? Are we getting too excited about Melbourne City given their two from two? Or are we getting too uh, disappointed with Western United given their zero from two? Uh, yeah, probably it's a bit early to go off the deep end. Um, I do think Melbourne City will, will challenge this season as they've done for the last four or five years now. Uh, their front three, as we know, Lackey, Naboots, McLaren, and they were all very good against Brisbane on Friday night. Uh, you know, arguably the best trio in the competition. They've got Marco Tilio sat on the bench who, who can't get any game time, and he's a socceroo as well. So City have got great depth, um, very, very strong. I, I think Western, you know, probably come back to the pack a little bit this season, but uh, it's early days. They've lost their first two. They're, they've not quite been at it. Um, defensively, they've made some uh, terrible errors in the first couple of rounds. But Johnny Eloise will sort that out. And I, Look, I think they'll be okay. Uh, going back to back is always difficult. A-League history shows us that only two teams have done it in the past, Brisbane and Sydney. And, uh, you know, to do it for, for Western... Um, particularly as you know, they perhaps don't have the resources of uh, the bigger Sydney and Melbourne clubs. It might be tricky, but uh, they'll be all right. I still think they'll make the finals. And is a uh, good Western Sydney with a big rocking home crowd uh, exactly what soccer needs in this country as well to get them back on track? Well, it's part of the solution. Um, you know, we know that Western Sydney is, is a massive football area. Uh, it's produced so many soccerers down the years. A lot of football fans in that part of Sydney. The Wanderers have been in the doldrums for, for so many years. They haven't made even the finals since 2017, which in a 12-team competition where half the league qualifies is almost impossible to do. Uh, but somehow they've managed that. They've made a great start for this season. They were very well organised against victory on Saturday night. 
the two midfielders, Roman Amalfitano and Callum Neuenhoff in particular, were outstanding. And it's a base from which to build. It's only two games. It's two wins, but two clean sheets. And, uh, you know, I think Rodan has gone back to basics this season. And in terms of, you know, character, personality, his imprint on the team, he's probably the closest they're going to get to Tony Popovich, who remains the last man to take them to the finals. So I think there are positive signs there for Western Sydney Wanderers. And obviously, you know, if they continue to win, you'd hope that their fans come back to, to Combank Stadium in Parramatta. And, you know, when that place is full of their supporters, it's, it's one of the best sites in, in Australian sport, never mind Australian football. I've got a couple of friends who are Melbourne City fans, so uh, I'll, I'll throw my question at you with that in mind. And they've been talking up this season, the start, the quality, and I've asked you about that last week. But does your sport have a situation the same as you know, my regular sport where some people like to look back at the 70s and 80s and say, oh, it was better then and it was better when you know, South Melbourne was in? And is, there, is there a want to almost poo-poo this little era, even though it's pretty good? Uh, well, amongst some people, obviously, you know, people uh, do look back to eras that they remem- remember fondly. Um, you know, I'm old enough to remember uh, when I was growing up, Manchester City, before the Arab money, you know, we had a player called Colin Bell and Francis Lee and, and Mike Somerby. And, you know, I still remember them with, with huge fondness. But time moves on. Um, you know, the National Soccer League is no longer with us. It's, it's not coming back. It, it died in 2004. Uh, the A-League is what we have. It's ours. And, you know, it has its ups and downs, the same as every other sporting competition. Um, but it's a good competitive league. There are good matches every week. Obviously, there are some issues, you know, bigger picture stuff to try and uh, reunite the pyramid. And that's where this angst comes from, people agitating for a second division. And I want it too. Hmm. Uh, FA says it's going to happen probably in 2024. If we get that, then, you know, we'll have the South Melbournes, the Sydney Olympics back in the competition, uh, at least in the second tier. And, you know, hopefully, ultimately, promotion relegation, because that's the global standard. That's what we all want. Uh, But we also all know that in this country, there are, you know, big obstacles uh, to that happening with the geography of Australia, the finances of the game, etc. That's for the the game's leaders to resolve. But... uh, yeah, there's nothing wrong with a bit of nostalgia so long as it doesn't take over and you ignore the present. So when was the EPL at its finest moment, do you think, Simon? <laughs> well, before it was the EPL. Um, <laughs> football existed a long time before the Premier League came around. Uh, you know, I've, I watched my first game in, in 1974 and the Premier League didn't start until 92, so... It was the old first division in those days. And, you know, again, it just depends on your individual perspective. You know, my dad, who's 88, uh, thought that Colin Bell was okay and that Peter Doherty, who played in the 1940s, um, you know, Colin Bell couldn't, wasn't fit to lace his boots. <laughs> so I think it's all dependent on which era you grow up in. And, you know, we all have nostalgia for our youth, don't we, where, where things seem exciting and so much better. But... Uh, you know, we shouldn't ignore the present because in 30 years' time, today's kids will be going, oh, you know, you remember that Western United team? And it sounds funny now, but it's true. <laughs> so let me continue that line of questioning then because we do have something else which is called, by some recency bias, where we tend to rate those champions we're seeing now 
better than we rated the old ones. Where where would we look back on with Cristiano Ronaldo and Lionel Messi and even Mo Salah now? Where do they sit in terms of the overall spectrum of greats? Look, they will be remembered as the best of their era, uh, possibly in, in the cases of Messi and Ronaldo, up there amongst the best players of all time. Um, again, you know, I, I have a bias towards the past because I grew up watching uh, the likes of Pele at the very, very tail end of his career and Diego Maradona in particular. And there are others like, you know, Zinedine Zidane, who was a, an absolutely marvellous footballer. So, uh, but I, th- I think Messi and Ronaldo in particular will be, you know, remembered long after they're gone as being not just the best of this generation, but uh, arguably any. Um, I don't think they're the best players ever, but they're up there. They're certainly top five. And are you okay this week, given Man City's loss? Are you okay losing to Liverpool? <laughs> yeah, I'll, look, I'll survive. They're still 10 points behind us, um, albeit with a game in hand. Uh, look, you know, I, I thought that Liverpool might live for that game. It's obviously disappointing that City weren't able to win it. Um, we were certainly the favourites to do so. Uh, Pep Guardiola, unfortunately, and it's only my opinion, who am I to tell Pep Guardiola, goodness me, uh, but he tinkered around with his system again. He played a back three. He, he has this tendency to, to overthink the big games on occasion, I, I believe. And uh, I, I think he did the same thing again at the weekend. But it's, it's still very early days in the, in the Premier League title race. And uh, I'll tell you one thing. If, if you offered Liverpool where City were in the table at the moment mm. in, re- in return for the reverse of that result, they'd take it. And are Arsenal and Man City due to meet? Did that game get postponed? Sorry, could you just repeat that? Uh, yeah, sorry, I think I'm listening. For a second. Yeah, Arsenal and Man City are due to meet. That game was postponed, wasn't it? Yes, that's correct. Um, and the reason for that is Arsenal have, uh, have got to play another game in Europe because that particular game was cancelled when all the games were cancelled after the death of, of Queen Elizabeth. So... Uh, unfortunately, that's, that game is no longer going ahead. There are a couple of big games, though. Uh, Liverpool are playing West Ham, I think, um, uh, tomorrow. And also Manchester United are playing Tottenham. So there's a, there's a couple of important games with relevance to the top of the table uh, in midweek in the Premier League. And we're not far away from the World Cup, so we'll, we'll talk more about that in the coming weeks. But uh, the excitement is starting to build. It is. And, you know, for Australia, obviously, Graham Arnold, who we've got on the global game tonight, incidentally, 9 o'clock till 11 on SEN, um, has got some big decisions to make. Uh, He's got an extended 26-man squad that he can pick this time. It's normally 23, so this makes it a little bit easier for him. Uh, I know he's watching a lot of A-League games at the moment and, of course, keeping an eye on what's going on over in Europe and Asia as well. So... You know, the makeup of his squad is going to be fascinating, particularly as there's, he's got a couple of injuries to contend with now. Nathaniel Atkinson picked up a, a nasty-looking injury playing for Hearts in Europe last week. Aidan Frustich, I'm told, has picked up an injury playing for Hellas Verona in Italy as well. Um, so he'll be checking nervously on, on their state of health over the next few days, I guess, because uh, the big dance is not far away. It's a month uh, till we kick off. Looking forward to it as well. Hey, great to have you, Simon. So nine... Till 11 tonight, global game. You'll hear more from Simon Hill and uh, soccer 
looked at with a magnifying glass, even though we had a nice little snapshot then. We'll talk soon, Simon. Thank you. Thanks, Tone. Have a good week. Simon Hill joining us, host of the Global Game. And you can watch every Isuzu Ute A-lead match live on Paramount+. Plus. Back, plenty still to come. Take a couple of calls. Bryce McGain is also going to join us after the break. In fact, after the news, I think we'll hold Bryce off until after the news, given there's a couple of ICC World Cup games happening at GMHBA Stadium in Geelong this afternoon. And we had the big upset yesterday with Scotland getting up. So we'll talk more about that straight after this on Dwayne's World. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. Plenty still to come on the program. We'll head to GMHBA Stadium for an update as to what's happening T20 World Cup-wise, given there's a couple of very important games happening at GMHBA Stadium this afternoon. And another upset yesterday with Scotland winning. We'll have a chat to Bryce McGain. Take your calls again for Lost in the Wash. So if you've got that number in your phone and you've got something that's been lost in the wash today, one 736 736 is the open line number brought to us by Werribee Kia, awarded the prestigious National Kia Car Dealer of the Year Award. Werribee Kia, where else? Keep your text coming through as well on the 40 Winks Temper Text, that text number 0433981116. And you can get your unique bed match profile and find the right bed for you. 40 Winks, serious about sleep. And if you want to Google the temper range, it's T-E-M-P-U-R. A couple of texts that have come through. Uh, so, Dwayne... Will Ross Lyon get a six-month contract, seeing they are an AFL-controlled club? Jeff, at Safety Beach, well, they're not AFL-controlled, but the AFL does oversee them a little, and that does allow, even if you give Ross Lyon a six-month payout and two days in they don't think he's the right guy for the job, then, yeah, he would probably get a six-month payout um, and not see out the five-year contract. But... um, who knows, he might get something added to the contract. I'm not sure. Uh, hey, Dwayne, uh, do you think Jed Anderson's delisting was because North will be playing Jaden Stevenson across half-back next year with Lockie Young, Gary and Mill Park? I hope Jaden Stevenson has a big year. That's the bottom line. I, I really do hope that he becomes uh, the footballer that he was when he won the NAB Rising Star. So let's hope that's on the agenda for North fans next year. A new coach might be just what he needs as well. And another, hey, Dwayne, just thinking maybe the draft combine could bring in a new ice bath section. Now, there's a great idea. We, we do see the players' scores when it comes to their sprint times and their 2K times. Maybe we should bring in an ice bath section where we get the ice bath times of players. So we know that uh, this guy's got the best ice bath tolerance. He lasted two and a half days in there. Um, then it would maybe allow us to make an ice bath assessment of guys like Jason Horn Francis. Uh, nice text. Keep your text coming through. Got a bit to give away still after the break. We've got a $100 voucher at Ballers Clubhouse as well. Melbourne's largest bar and games venue. Have a baller this Christmas. SEN listeners get 10% off when you book your end of year function. Uh, now at ballersclubhouse.com.au. Your end of year functions, Christmas functions. Christmas coming up two months away from Christmas, which is pretty exciting. Um, might have to do some shopping myself. Do you know where I can get a Pilates reformer? Uh, send me a text if you do. Back with more after the break. You're with Dwaynesville. Brick Lane Brewing, where lovers and makers of great beers come together. Join the community today. Switch to Kogan Mobile for $2.90 for 30 days with 20 gig of data. Dwayne's World with Dwayne Russell. 
Plenty still to come, including Lost in the Wash a little later this hour. Bryce McGain not far away from joining us. Two big games at GMHBO Stadium in Geelong today. Sri Lanka and the UAE. Sri Lanka having to bounce back after the surprise loss a few days ago. And Namibia and the Netherlands. That's the later game at GMHBA Stadium. Been a big couple of days in the world of the T20 World Cup, especially for Australia, who played a game against India yesterday without a crowd being allowed in. And if you didn't hear the way it finished, the Aussies were in the box seat and then lost wicket after wicket after wicket, ball after ball after ball. Here's the finish to yesterday, Australia v India. It's clean. Is it clean enough? Oh, you're joking! VK with a one-hander. Pop this in the vault locker. That is a cracker. Now we've got Ashton Agar out there. And have a shy. Don't miss and doesn't. Well, they've made a mess of this, the Australians. Two to go. Seven needed. Gonski! Poles everywhere. Ah, talk about a cracking Yorker to finish this warm-up at the Gabba. Oh, we learned that you've got to be really clinical towards the back end of the innings. I think it's somewhere that we've probably uh, haven't capitalised in the last probably three or four chances we've had to chase down totals. Uh, Yeah, but all in all, I think we're ready. It's nice to get a few in the middle. Would have been nice to get us over the line, but um, can't win the World Cup in a practice game. There it is. Um, Gonski, a nice bit of commentary, and that's what the Aussies were. We spoke to Alex Doolan in Hobart yesterday, asked him a couple of questions before the West Indies-Scotland game. I asked him whether he thought the West Indies were going to cruise through, and here's what Alex Doolan said about there might be an upset. Oh, I don't know if there'd be an upset uh, later on. I think the upset might be in this game. I think the Scottish might give the West Indies a bit of a run for their money in these conditions. I'm just going purely on conditions, but uh, the West Indies were being a little bit cool and they're used to the warmer climates. It might uh, level the playing field a bit. Alex Doolan, he picked it yesterday. Scotland beating the West Indies. You know what he also picked? Aaron Finch would be back in form. And that's what he was yesterday against India. Here's Alex Doolan on Finch's batting. I don't think a lot's changed, really, in Finch. He's just not scoring the runs that he'd like. I know, I know they brought up a comparison not that long ago in the, the England-Australia uh, series showing him from 2019 to 2022. And not a lot was different. It's just uh, the number of runs. So... Finch will be keen to, he'll be very keen to prove a lot of people wrong in this series, and I, I hope he does so. So Bryce McGain's got a tough act to follow. He joins me, part of SEN's T20 World Cup cricket commentary team. He's live from Geelong ahead of Sri Lanka's game against the UAE, and you can hear it on SEN Fanatic from 2.30. Bryce, welcome back. Great to have you on. Yeah, great to uh, be with you too, Dwayne. But, uh, gee, I've got a hard act to follow. How am I? He's the oracle. How can you pull those things? He was sensational. I listened to the game, uh, both games yesterday that he commentated, and he's doing a ripper job down there in Hobart. He is. Uh, look, the crowds have been great at GMHBA Stadium. They were good the other day. I was there myself. And what's it like at the moment as a building? Uh, look, slowly, yeah, I think the big crowd is when Sri Lanka are ready to get going and uh, mm. they're the later game tonight and it's going to be an amazing atmosphere. Even driving down from Melbourne to Geelong on Sunday and flags out the car, the Sri Lankan supporters, they get right behind. There was trumpets and trombones sticking out the windows of cars as well, Dwayne, because uh, they bring the brass bands down. They had two mm. on Sunday and it was an amazing atmosphere. So anyone in the vicinity or even if you are in Melbourne, it's only a short drive, you know that, and... Uh, 
you can just zip down and you're going to be treated to an amazing spectacle and it and it's a terrific ground in actual fact because you're so close to the action. The square boundaries at Cadenia Park here are, are really close and you, you feel like you're, you're part of the game um, being in the crowd. So it, it is a terrific venue for, well, international uh, T20 World Cup cricket. It's funny you say that, Bryce, because a lot of people say it's too narrow for football and yet it's perfect for cricket, which hopefully they get a big bash franchise in Geelong at some stage. Can you see that happening? Well, I know the Renegades are keen to play more games here. They know it's a, a real stronghold when they do come, uh, particularly with the Surf Coast uh, crowd coming up in January, things like that, and they always get a good crowd. But long may it continue. And I must say also, just the wicket and the preparation they've done here, it's no longer just a drop-in, oh, it's a bit dodgy wicket. It had pace and bounce, which is good for cricket. So the, the run scoring should be quite high as well. And, you know, you get to see the fast bowlers getting it through as well. So, look, it... it all round, it's, it's just a, an A-grade venue and a real boutique venue because you are so close. Before we talk about today's games, what did you make of Australia against India yesterday? Was it a, a good prep or a bad prep? Or I mean, it was great for Finchie. Well, it was good for Finchie, and that, that's important. Uh, and that's probably the question mark I've had leading up to this, Dwayne, is, is, is particularly... It, I think the World Cup's going to be won and lost in those first six overs. The teams that can get away with the bat, but also if you've got a good bowling attack and you can take wickets there, not just uh, restrict the opposition, but actually knock over three, four wickets in that six-over period. So, look, Australia's question mark, I thought, was their top-order batting. So it is good to see that, that Finch has found a bit of touch. But as Alex Doolan said, he, the numbers aren't that great and different to where he has been before. Maybe we cloud them a bit with white ball and one-day cricket and so forth. But he, he's... Um, Australia have had the best opening partnership uh, going around with Warner and Finch. And, look, I, I think it will continue going into the World Cup. Was it a good warm-up? It looked like there was probably 24 players out there completely disinterested in uh, being involved in a game of cricket. They've played a lot recently. Uh, Australia played India in a series just a few weeks ago in, in India. They're back here. There's been lots of warm-up games. I think the players are just chomping at the bit to get out there. Let's get on with the tournament. And uh, there's been enough practice and rehearsal. And... I think Finchie summed it up pretty well with that last grab you had there. You don't win the World Cup in a practice game, so let's get on with the action. Who do you like most of the threats to Australia? England's been pretty impressive. They have been indeed, and they've really tuned up well. They've done it for a number of years, and they've put a lot of focus on it. The thing I like about their preparation is that they've had a whole summer of cricket, so their guys have played in the 100, they've played domestically, and that they are absolutely primed, and They've got the wood over Australia as well. Don't underestimate New Zealand. Uh, New Zealand are also going to be very dangerous coming into it. Um, look, and it's hard to look past, obviously, the, the big talented uh, groups in terms of India. Um, they're right in that mix as well. But Pakistan, not to under, underestimate it as well. So, look, there's, there's options all around the place, I think. And on their day, all it takes is a few teams to build and play with a with, with a lot of confidence. And a lot of that in T20 is playing without the fear of failure because often that can be a restrictive part where players that play and teams that play with complete freedom, not only with the bat, but also with the ball and the way they field, um, you know, generally come out on top. So uh, the teams that can find that formula, that confidence formula within themselves will, will go a long way. And, gee, I was lucky enough, Dwayne, just quickly uh, using that as a bit of a segue to Namibia on Sunday... They were exactly that. They played without the fear of failure. Every mistake that Sri Lanka made, they capitalised and made them pay. And uh, 
they're, they're not duds. They're not fr from some cricket backwater. They're, they're pretty talented players, particularly with middle order batting firepower and some pretty clever bowlers. So I'm looking forward to seeing them play again uh, at Cadinia Park today. So they should beat the Netherlands. Do you think that Scotland can do it again as well? Yeah, look, I think Scotland are, are right in the mix. Uh, I got to see them in the practice games last week, which was a good leading. It's a good form leading, and um, Scotland were pretty good. Uh, look, N Namibia are one that stand out. Sri Lanka should bounce back later tonight, so I'm expecting N Namibia to to get over the top of the Netherlands, um, and then Sri Lanka uh, over UAE. UAE had nearly defended the lowest ever total uh, against the Netherlands. It was a game, an extraordinary game on Sunday evening, but uh, they didn't quite get the job done. Netherlands just squeaking home uh, with a ball to spare. So, uh, yeah, t today, look, I'm looking forward to it. And the sun's out down here. It's not, not going to be a better spectacle this afternoon and this evening. All right. So uh, I've got to ask you about today then uh, before I let you go. I know you're about to wind into some commentary. So will Sri Lanka bounce back for starters? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I, I, I think it's a, a real jolt to them that if you're a little bit off your game, and they, they did play nervously. They looked nervous. Even in the field, they, you know, attacking the ball, they sort of took a couple of slow steps before they then picked it up. That, that's not the teams that win T20. So, look, I expect them to play with a bit more freedom. Chris Silverwood, their coach, former coach of England, will be telling them to play with a lot of confidence and just let it, let it unfold, and uh, I'm sure that they'll bounce back later tonight. Do you think Steve Smith will play in this World Cup for Australia at some stage? I think he will play a role, yeah, most definitely. Uh, he's such a highly skilled batsman. And to play the role that, that is a, a critical part, you can't all be out there as just clean bashes and hitting the ball as far as you can. You need someone who can manipulate the field, keep turning strike over, but also find the boundary in, in obscure sort of spots. And he's that, he's that player for Australia. And... I think he will play a role. It may not be in the first team or the second team, but there will be a stage in this World Cup where he's going to play an important role for Australia. And Pat Cummins to captain the 50-over game, right decision? Yeah, I think so. I, I, he's done a terrific job with the Test match. I think the players are completely behind and aligned to his philosophy of captaincy. I think he's well supported within the group, the coaching group. Uh, I, I think it's a, a new phase for Australian cricket. It started with the Test match, and I think he can certainly manage captaining that one-day team as well. Um, credit to him. He's doing a wonderful job, and I think he'll continue that for years to come as a, a one-day captain. And how dominant do you think the T20 game will be around the world in five or six years? We see Test cricket being squeezed out a little bit. The governing bodies will be wary of not squeezing out the... the goose that laid the golden egg for us all really test cricket is still something that is so magnificent we never want to lose it but it seems as if we're losing too much of it yeah it does feel that way as a bit of a traditionalist and an old-fashioned guy myself um you know it does feel like that but uh i, I really hope the powers that be can can have a, a good strategic plan and not just keep rolling out endless t20 when t20 has a focus like this there's nothing better it has a it has a real context it has, a, it has a future. The World Cup is, is, is absolutely outstanding. But it also gives the developing nations that opportunity. It was only a few years ago that uh, team, teams like Bangladesh get their breakthrough and, hopefully, and then they start playing um, test match cricket as well. And hopefully that then extends to countries like Ireland and Scotland who've been around for some time, Namibia, who are showing that they're capable as well. 
world cricket's strong when all countries are strong and they're all involved. So that's what I'm really enjoying about, particularly these early stages of this World Cup. So hopefully it can be the catalyst to improve cricket around the world and grow the game, not just be about, um, yeah, I, I guess the big countries. Cricket's going to be stronger if we're all involved and, and doing well and all nations are, are part of it. And players having power to help governing bodies negotiate their way through the right and wrong sponsorship alignments? That's a difficult one, isn't it? Because it, I, I know that um, yeah, there's some topical ones at the moment with um, maybe past history, and, I, and I'm sure the sponsorship w- which we, w- we've sort of touched on is, you know, from a mining company and maybe past historical things aren't great, but it's probably coming from the right place, which is around good community spirit and growing games and, and putting back into sport, which is such a big part of Australian culture. So it, it is difficult when, when players may see the past, but look, um, I, I think it is an education piece as well and administrators and, and, and the sponsors certainly need to work together to, to be able to educate everybody about wh- where it's coming from and and, um, and, and we, we certainly and, and sincerely hope it's coming from all, all the right places to keep supporting sport. Sport's such a big part of the Australian culture and it's the envy of many other nations. You know, a lot of my friends in England just envy just how much sport plays a role in our day-to-day lives and how we are an outdoors country and, um, you know, long may we be able to continue those sort of things with the necessary support we do coming from the right place. Bryce, great to have you. Got a text here from Brad. Bryce, McGain is a star. Speaks so well and is passionate about the game. Great to listen to, Dwayne. We well, can hear more of Bryce from 2.30 on SEN Fanatic calling the action this afternoon and into the early evening. Bryce, great to have you on the program. We'll talk soon. Yeah, thanks to my brother Brad for texting you too. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> Bryce, yeah, Good McGain. on you, Dwayne. Have a good hour, mate. Part of SEN's T20 World Cup cricket commentary team and he's live from Geelong ahead of that. Sri Lanka against UAE game and Namibia up against the Netherlands. Need to take a break. Ryan in Cheltenham's on the line there. Welcome to you, Ryan. Oh, hi, Dwayne. You want to talk some basketball? Uh, yeah, Dwayne. I might have missed the boat, but I just wanted to gauge your opinion on the Jesse Wagstaff play. It was a surprise to me that he got suspended, Ryan, but I'm kind of bouncing off the other commentators who know more about basketball than me, um, who were also very surprised. I understand that there's a crackdown in world sport when it comes to head-high injuries, but I'm, I'm not sure um, that anybody saw this extent of crackdown coming to the point that Jesse Wagstaff would be suspended with this one, but obviously the NBL did. Um, yep, uh, I might be one of the few ones who think he deserved the one-game suspension, not more than that. And just quickly, um, it's really becoming a anytime, anywhere type of league, Dwayne. Only one team won at home last round and, you know, arguably just. So the competition's strong. Yeah, it is in good shape. I mean, it's not in great shape if you're back for one of the Melbourne teams because they're struggling at the moment, but it's in great shape if you want a vibrant league that any team on any day can win it. And still any team, yeah, almost any team right now, apart from the Brisbane Bullets, can probably win the championship, including Tasmania, who've had a great road trip just gone that weekend, just done. Hey, Ryan, great to have you. Hold the line. We've got something for you. You've got a $100 voucher at Ballers Clubhouse, Melbourne's largest bar and games venue. Have a baller this Christmas. SEN listeners get 10% off when you book your end-of-year function. 
now at ballersclubhouse.com.au. But conditions apply. Spiros and Carnegie, are you there, Spiros? How are you, Dwayne? Yes, good. Uh, I was just listening to Bryce, actually. Very interesting um, about Steve Smith, actually. Um, now he, you know, he was saying that Steve Smith um, is probably required in the in the team because of uh, being a stabilising batsman. Now Steve Smith, after his suspension, is thought back to be again up the top best bats in the world. Um, whether he actually fits into that T20, I mean, I don't know because it's such a short game. Um, is he taking the place of somebody who can actually uh, bash and crash and make runs? Um, you know what I'm, you understand what I'm asking, Dwayne? And, and that's why I don't know whether he actually fits into that sort of style of game. Yeah, I'm sure he's stabilising, but do we need a stabilising bat in that uh, game where somebody else can be a bat and crash? Game where he is undoubtedly still, like I said, one of the best bats you know, in test cricket in the world. I'm just wondering yeah. what, what you thought. Well, I think it depends on the circumstance that he comes in. I mean, sometimes he comes in in a circumstance where you probably want somebody to hit you 30 off 25 balls. I mean, it's not, you know, express, it's not out of the box, it's not six after six, but it's 30 off 25 balls to steady in innings and give the guy down the other end an opportunity to hit some boundaries. So it depends on, on what you want from Steve Smith uh, because sometimes that just over run a ball rate and a steady for a couple of overs that to anchor one end is not too bad. But other times you'd rather have someone walk to the crease who instead of hitting you 30 off 25 is going to hit you 30 off 15. So would you, you think it, it depends who they play? Whether he gets well, the game or not? Whether he actually plays? Is that going to take no, I, come into account? No, I think he's the next... I think he's just the next best guy in that batting lineup. So um, at the moment, you, you probably think that they're going to um, stick with the lineup they've been going with. And that's what we're going to get for this World Cup. But if there's a batting change needed, um, you know, whether it's... Uh, Maxwell, whoever, maybe he's the guy that's going to be next in. So they need a really good next guy to come in. And you know when he comes into the 11, he's going to be pretty reliable. Yeah, well, yeah, that's right. Look, I look, I still think that maybe you could put in a, another guy who can um, can hit the runs, but I understand what you're saying. And that's, uh, yeah. All right, thanks, Dwayne. I appreciate it. Uh, great to have you as well. I mean, Tim David's kind of taking his spot in a way, but... Tim David is the kind of guy that is probably perfect for the one-day game because he's going to smash it into the grandstands every opportunity he gets. Not that Steve Smith can't, but he's probably not got the ability to be hitting it 15 rows back like Tim David does. Hey, great to have your call. Back to your call straight after the break. You with Dwayne's well. Brick Lane Brewing, where lovers and makers of great beers come together. Join the community today. Switch to Kogan Mobile for $2.90 for 30 days with 20 gig of data. World with Dwayne Russell. Always great to have your company for Dwayne's World. We'll get back to your calls very shortly. one 736 736 on the open line. Brought to us by Worry Give me text coming through on the 40 Winks temper text as well. Get your unique bed match profile and find the right bed for you. 40 Winks, serious about sleep. One here on the text. Dwayne, let Geelong form their own BBL team and leave my Renegades alone. I wasn't talking about the Renegades moving to Geelong. I'm just talking about the Renegades maybe um, staying in Melbourne. And the next 
BBL franchise expansion. Geelong gets in, which would be nice. I reckon they are due for a team. It would be great to have one in Geelong, although a basketball team in the NBL wouldn't be too bad either. Uh, one here, Dwayne. Honestly, if you were a Saints supporter, as I am, and after enduring all the lows at St Kilda since Lyons' departure, wouldn't you want him back? I know, and I reckon he does too. He has unfinished business with us. If you haven't heard the grab of Ross Lyon meeting with the Saints, here it is. He has met with them, and it does seem like Ross Lyon is in the box seat to take that job. Can we just ask you briefly uh, if you're interested? I know you've got commercial interest in the St Kilda job. I just had a, a meeting inside then, so... Yeah, it's um, it's a it's a it's um, it's a big step, isn't it? Have they offered you the job, Ross? Hey, no, we just had an initial discussion. It's fair to say you've got initial interest. Yeah, otherwise it wouldn't come. Right back me. to Dwayne's word very shortly. Great to have you, company, wherever you might be listening. It's news time, and then more of your calls and lost in the wash still to come. Stick around. Welcome back to Dwayne's word. Always great to have so many of your calls and your texts come through. You've probably heard. A few ads for Arnold, Thomas and Becker on this program. Larry Dent's been good enough to join me, senior partner from Arnold, Thomas and Becker, to talk a couple of footy-related issues, including the story today that Alistair Clarkson and Chris Fagan might not be far away from going back to work. But, uh, Larry, I appreciate your time. Thanks for joining me. No problems. Thanks for asking me. Uh, there's a few things in football uh, floating around at the moment, but can I firstly start with what's happened with Chris Fagan and Alistair Clarkson? Um, the process is something that I know nothing about and a lot of people don't know anything about. What, uh, what kind of minefield is this in terms of the process and what those guys are expected to do? Well, it looks as though they've uh, set up an inquiry and um, they will have to go along and uh, perhaps even give evidence before the inquiry. Now, uh, this isn't a, a court, so it would be interesting as to whether they would be advised to turn up to that inquiry. I suppose they may, but that would be the first thing. Um, and they would presumably, the, the, the clubs currently employing Clarkson and Fagan would uh, want to await the outcome of that inquiry before making any call on their future. I would say you're right. They'll go back to work first. Uh, and then only later would there be a problem depending on the outcome of the uh, the inquiry. But they are compelled by the AFL's rules to be part of that inquiry, I understand. Well, that may, that may be. It uh, would be interesting if they took some uh, objection uh, based on what could be future uh, legal action, which could, you know conceivably even involve some criminal action depending on what is actually found by the inquiry. So the AFL rules may say what they say, but uh, there may be greater considerations for those uh, two people. The interesting one a month ago was Jordan Dugowie and the behavioural clauses that can or can't be added to contracts. If there's a standard player contract, how far can clubs go when it comes to inserting behavioural clauses and how do you police a loose behavioural clause? Well, the, the, the standard player contracts do provide for uh, the compliance by the players with the club rules. Um, and I would have thought that that was probably sufficient uh, for uh, this particular type of problem. But with Jordan Dugowie with the track record, 
I don't see that there's any reason why the player agreement can't be altered to specifically include provisions relating to that player's behaviour based on his his, his pre-performance. So um, I think it's something that the clubs can do. Well, they've obviously done it in this case Mm. and Jordan's agreed to it. So how loose can they be? Because one person's uh, indiscretion is another person's not an indiscretion. So how do they come to an agreement as to what's been um, occurring that is unacceptable as opposed to um, what is acceptable but uh, is still within the realms of possibility in an AFL sphere to keep playing? Well, that's a very interesting question because uh, it hasn't been revealed, as far as I know, precisely what this term mm. is. And it would, be, it would be difficult to frame the term so that it covers uh, specific things that are going to be identifiable. So, uh, I, I, as I say, I don't know what this clause says, but it would be very interesting to know what that it does say to find out exactly what is prohibited by it. Talking to Larry Dent, senior partner from Arnold Thomas and Becker. Larry, before I let you go, the concussion situation is also interesting. We're hearing uh, that there might be or might not be a class action, a number of players that have had difficulty post their careers with uh, what they believe might be concussion-related issues with their health. Um, Do you know where we might be at with that and whether the, the goalposts are going to change fairly quickly on this one? Yeah, this will be a very interesting issue because uh, the players actually, in their agreements, uh, agree not to sue for uh, uh, issues that occur within the context of the playing arena. Um, Now, here, they will want to be suing for that very thing. But they would expand it, I presume, in terms of... uh, the policies that the uh, AFL has or has not had in relation to concussion. And uh, I believe they will ultimately be successful if uh, they bring these actions because the consequences to the players are so severe. So what's this space in the next six months, in essence? Uh, Well, I think that's right. We'll just have to see what people decide to do. Mm. Great to have you, Larry. Always good to be able to pick your brain, and I appreciate you jumping on at short notice. Um, the other one, the floating around at the moment, is the, the netballers and uh, cricketers, perhaps, uh, and all sports people in the future, getting to a point where they might not want to play for their organisation specifically if they don't agree with the sponsorship that that organisation is taking on. Um, do, do, they have, do they have a right to still be paid if they stand out for that reason? Well, the contracts, I, I haven't seen the specific provisions about mm. the, the, uh, the sponsorships here, but the contracts do provide uh, for uh, the sponsorships to be on the, on the Guernseys and for certain agreements to be made with sponsors. Um, now, the problem here is with the players wanting to call the shots, and um, this is going to make it very difficult, obviously, for administrators of sporting organisations to obtain the sponsorships that's required to pay the salaries and so forth that the players want. Um, and it'll, it'll be a real contest of wills here, more than the specific terms of the agreements, because I can't imagine that uh, Netball Australia, for example, will require the players to uh, wear this, um, uh, this sponsor's logo where 
that uh, sponsor is uh, blowing up, uh, you know, Aboriginal sacred sites, and you've got Aboriginal members of the teams. It'll be it'll be very interesting to see how this one plays out. Larry, great to have you on the line. I appreciate you jumping on at short notice. No problems. Larry Dent from Arnold Thomas and Becker. Uh, call 1300 333 00. Arnold Thomas and Becker. Talk to a lawyer. Start your no win, no fee claim today. Back with more after the break. You're with Dwayne's World. Been great to have your company for Dwayne's World today. Please join me for Midday Madness tomorrow. We'll take more of your calls for a couple of hours on 1300 736 736, that open line. Brought to us by Werribee Kia, awarded the prestigious National Kia Car Dealer of the Year Award. Werribee Kia, where else? And you can drop down and see David and Janan and Aid and Jim and the whole team at Werribee Kia. They'd love to see you. You can download the Dwayne's Wood podcast anytime you like. Have a listen back to the show. Have a listen back to any of the interviews that we've done on the show today. It's all there on the podcast, not just today's show, but previous shows. Have a listen back to what Simon Hill had to say about the world of soccer, etc. But can't wait for your company tomorrow. Stick around, though. Andrew Gaze and Andy Marr looking forward to your company straight after the news. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.